<laughs> yeah, we back, we back, we back. So I just want to say a big congratulations to Lauren Hill. The miseducation has finally been certified by the RIAA as a diamond album. For those that don't know, that means she's officially sold over 10 million records. So definitely shout to her for that amazing feat. I would have thought that that would have happened a long time ago, though, personally. Like, most people don't realize, like, Lauren Hill, though she had an amazing career with the Fugees, her personal solo career uh, with all those amazing records, like uh, Doo-Wop and Zion and, oh, I mean, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Can't take my eyes off you. And, I mean, she's just... It went diamond, man. Like, I mean, just that that doo-wop record. I would have thought that that would have took the album to diamond by itself. She's an amazing, an amazing artist. And that Zion record is, that's, whew, that record got a lot of pain on it. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. That's. Man, when she start hitting those those real high riffs, man, she take me someplace, you know? As I'm sure she's taking most people in the world or she wouldn't have went diamond, you know what I'm saying? 20 years later, the fact that her album can still have this much of an impact, amazing. Absolutely amazing. I do find it interesting, though. Excuse me, I do find it interesting, though, that they announced this. Uh, during Black History Month. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. So the article uh, reported from Complex, more than 20 years after its release, the miseducation of Lauryn Hill has reached diamond status. The Recording Industry Association of America, or the RIAA, for those that don't know, that's the people that count uh, official album sales, shared the news on Tuesday night, confirming Lauryn Hill's debut album has sold more than 10 million units since its 1998 release. It marks an increasingly rare milestone on demanding, as on-demanding streaming has caused pure album sales to plummet. Hill has, no, Hill has now joined an exclusive list of artists who have earned Diamond-certified records, including Michael Jackson's Thriller, Adele's 21, Britney Spears, Baby, One More Time, Eminem's The Marshall Matters LP, and Tupac's All Eyes On Me. Listen, and those is all great albums, but you're telling me that those albums went diamond faster? <laughs> something tells me that there was something wrong with these numbers, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, the, the article on Complex Continues, was both a critical and commercial success. Debuting at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with more than 422,000 sales in its first week. The thing sold half a million copies in its first week almost 20 years ago. And you're telling me it took 20 years to go diamond? Like, just think about that. Think about the amount of momentum it came out the gate with. Why would it take 20 years for something that's that masterful, that had that has that big of a cachet in the audience to, to sell 10 million copies? I don't know. It also earned Hill a 10 Grammy nominations and five wins, including Album of the Year. 
So 10 Grammy nominations and 10 times platinum. Mm. Best R&B album, best female R&B vocal performance for doo-wop, also known as That Thing. The project spanned 16 tracks, two of which were hidden, and featured guest appearances by Mary J. Blige, D'Angelo, and Carlos Santana. Mm-mm-mm. Though many believe the effort marked the beginning of a prolific solo career, Hill never released a follow-up album. The 45-year-old artist spoke about this decision in a recent interview on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums podcast, explaining how the game changed due to all her success. The wild thing is that no one from my label has ever called me and asked how can we help you make another album. Ever, ever. Did I say ever, ever, Hill said. With the miseducation, there was no precedent. I was, for the most part, free to explore, experiment, and express. After the miseducation, there were scores of tentacled obstructionist politics, repressing agendas, unrealistic expectations, and saboteurs everywhere. People had included me in their own narratives of their success as it pertained to my album, and if this contradicted my experience, I was considered an enemy. She continued, I think my intention was simply to make something that made my foremothers and forefathers in music and social and political struggle know that someone received what they sacrificed to give us and to let my peers know what, that we could walk in that truth proudly and confidently. At that time, I felt like it was, it was a duty or a responsibility to do so. I challenged the norm, and I introduced a new standard. I believe the miseducation did that, and I believe I still do this. Defy convention when the convention is questionable. Mm. Yo, the miseducation of Lauryn Hill, one of the best albums of all time. It's not even close. It's, it's really not even close. It's one of the best albums of all time. It should have been when Nyman. Um, I'm glad she's finally getting the flowers she's deserved for 20 years now. Whatever's happened in her personal life has nothing to do with how masterful she is as an artist. And she's never done nothing in her personal life to hurt anyone, arguably, except herself and maybe pe- people in her personal circle, children, what have you. Personal, personal stuff. She ain't out here robbing, drug dealing, blowing planes up, none of that. Catching, catching juxes, scheming, none of that. Running pyramid schemes. She just a a a, a wounded soul. It looks like like a hurt young lady. And damn, like like where's the protection for her? You know what I'm saying? You got dudes, all these dudes, damn near like. Being succubuses of her, you know what I'm saying? Just like taking all the life force out this young queen, and instead of doing what they can to protect her energy, just imagine what an eight album run from Lauren Hill would have sounded like. Like the type of love energy she would have been putting in the air, the type of feel good vibrations, the type of music, the type of beautiful music. A Lauren Hill, a eight album, a ten album run from Lauren Hill with a sound of like the healing that could have happened. The healing that would have happened with that music in the world. <laughs> so
a messed up what if, man. Very sad that that's one of those things we even got to be what if he about. Lauren Hill was so dope. Lauren Hill was so dope. Lauren Hill was so, so dope. So dope, man. She was absolutely a gift. Like, she was, like, she was just, she was, she was absolutely in her purpose when she was in front of that mic. That was it. That was really it. Like, you could tell somebody when they in their purpose, when they doing absolutely what they are here to do because it will resonate like that. It'll do that. She was in her bag, man. She was in her element. Music. Music can't do nothing with her. She turned music into her plaything. And just gave it back after one insane solo album and an insane run of run of work with the Fugees. She just said, ah, here you go. Take it back. Craziness. People say fame and all that is everything you, you could ever want. Until some you see some people get it. And they don't even want it. Makes you wonder what's going on on the other side of fame sometimes. Truly does make you think. We're going to jump into a quick break, gang. We'll be right back. Yeah, we back, gang. So Draymond Green went on a bit of a rant earlier. Um, Early in the week, uh... Pretty much, you know, he's 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 felt this way a while. Um, those that aren't aware, you know, uh, when it comes to the free agency situation in the NBA, that you know, there's a lot of hubbub about who should go, who should get to do what, what what rights and privileges should free agents have, and. I want me to really give you his ghetto point of view on this. Hold on, let me let me really give you his ghetto point of view on this. Hold, let me get in my bag. Let me let me really get in my bag and give you his. Let me light the light this shit up and give you his ghetto point of view. So check this out, right? So when you sign to the plantation that is the National Basketball Association. And yes, I did call it a plantation because we're going to really have a real conversation. All right. So when you sign to the plantation, that is the National Basketball Association, when you sign up to participate and engaging and selling your wares to that plantation. What they expect you to do, like they had the issue with Kyrie Irving earlier, how a reporter told him, you know, you are you are property. You are property, and you need to deal with that. And he's he 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 lost his. He's like, who are you talking to? I'm not nobody's property. Oh yes, you are property because they can buy you, they can sell you, they can pick you up and trade you here, trade you there. So technically, you are property. She's not wrong. He is property. In the sense of his talent. His abilities 
are sold to the highest bidder. So in that way, he's very much property. But then when he wanted to start his own league, everybody looking at him like he crazy. Why? So he could sit around and have somebody call him property? Because that, that's better, right? <laughs> but then when he gets upset and he don't want to deal with nobody, people say he's wrong. How, how can a man be wrong for not wanting to be dealt with in that fashion? Just explain it to me. The man is like, yo, I'm I'm not property. I'm a, I'm a player. You know, I'm highly good at what I do. I need to be respected in my field. And I have the right when my contract is done. Like anybody else who's amazing in a field, like a good salesperson, like a good coder, like a good doctor, like a good executive on Wall Street, like a good uh, computer, like a systems computer engineer, whatever, a certified hacker, whatever, whatever you do, whatever you're good at. When your contract is done, you have the right to go apply your wares, apply your crafts for the highest bidder or for whatever bidder you deem fit. You might not take the highest offer. You might take an offer that has a better location, better better tax situation, comes with more benefits, whether it be the scenery, the scenario, the life, the, the nightlife of the town, the lifestyle, uh, the the other things that come with it. Are they giving you some type of stock options, some ownership, whatever whatever comes with it? Company car, company phone, company watch, you know, um, access to company gyms and other facilities. The cachet of saying you belong to a particular brand. Different different things appeal to different people, and when these different opportunities come to you, you as a free person should be able to exercise your right to go wherever the hell you want to go. If you are the dopest programmer in the world and you want to go to Google with all the dope programs, you should be able to go there. But in the NBA, we got this thing where it's like, if you are Steph Curry and you are the one of the most elite shooters of all time, one of the most elite ball handlers with one of the most elite layup packages of all time, lineage of the NBA, you should only go play a certain place. If you are Steph Curry and you go to L.A. to LA and team up with LeBron, hell, hell, they was both born in Akron in the same hospital, right? If they go team up together, people would lose their minds. People would absolutely lose their minds. Why? Why? Oh, that's not how the game is supposed to be played. Oh, these great players shouldn't want to play together. Well, and then you get the old players coming. Well, back in my day, see, we never did that. Yeah, y'all did. It's called the Dream Team. Y'all just did it for the Olympics. And y'all did it against real trash competition. Y'all could have sent college kids to destroy 
them dudes overseas continuously. But no, y'all chose to send Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley. Like, y'all chose to send a squad full of killers to go play against a bunch of kids that could barely pick a ball up. And was beating them like 180 million to four. And nobody said nothing about it. Yeah, I got the kids. Won the autographs and you said asking for your jerseys and it's crazy. Like this it was just a world tour. And when the Boston Celtics, they take Larry Bird and they put him with all these other like literally like ten Hall of Famers around him on the team at one time. That's perfectly fine because the team decided to do it. Red Arbach, he's a great GM, you know? Man. Great they got great GMs over there at Boston. Danny Ainge, great GM, man. Put that team together. Get KD and Paul Pierce to come play Paul KD and Ray Allen to come play with Paul Pierce. Kevin Durant and Ray Allen to come play with Paul Pierce. It's perfectly fine because they set it up. And then take those same players again and put them in New Jersey and take New Jersey to the final. It's okay because the team set it up. But LeBron want to go to Miami and play with the... Oh, we burning your jersey. Nigga, have you forgot your place? Nigga, have you forgot your place? How dare you? How dare you? Nigga, you have forgotten your place. Get back in line, boy. Get back in line, boy. Nigga, you have forgotten your place. Like Kanye West said, man, even if you in a bench, you still a nigga in a coop. Dudes like Kyrie Irving, man, get tired of having all access to all that money, all that capital, and not being able to do something more impactful for their community. Dudes like Kyrie Irving get tired of that. You got people like Stephen A. Smith, who are absolute sellouts, who tell people like Kyrie Irving they should retire because they're ups- they're tired of white people getting to tell them that they're property. Do you tell the the coders at Google that they're property? The intellectual copyrights they create while working at Google may become Google's property. Just like the Ivo move that Allen Iverson perfected while in the NBA, that move in and of itself may be the property of Reebok, that intellectual property, the claw of Kawhi Leonard's hand, that imprint of his hand 
that claw insignia may be the property of Nike. He can't take he could not take that with him when he went and got his new balance deal. So you may own my intellectual property. I may have done a great album and you may own the masters to that album and you got the performances, the rights to the performances on that album as they are laid out on that album. You may even have bought some of my publishing and have the right to not only the performances but the underlying compositions. And for those that don't understand what I mean when I say what uh, underlying composition, well, when you have a song, you have the performance, you have how I spit it, like... Let's say, uh, Biggie, Juicy. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let the take rot to my take pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back, right when I had the red and back lumberjacks with the hat to match. Remember that rapping dude? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade, right? That is a performance. How he raps it in his cadence with his flow, the timing, how he come in and out of the pockets on the beat. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Never remember when I used to eat sardines, Virginia. Peace to Ron G, Brucey B, Kick Capri, Frank Master Braggs, Much Love, Scar Ski. Living life like I thought I would. Call the crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. And if you don't know, now you know. Like that performance is recorded onto a, a physical medium. You know what I mean? A hard drive, a CD, a tape, whatever. It's recorded. A cassette tape, whatever. It's recorded. That, that physical medium or that digital medium a thing that's recorded onto is called a master. That is the master. Now, I can take this master and sell this master to the record label. If I recorded it on my own with my own budget, or if the record label fronted me money to get it done, then very likely they may own it permanently or for a period of time that we have negotiated. They may not own all of it. We may break it down and it may be 50-50 ownership. But the point is, in that sense, they don't own Jay-Z. They own Jay-Z's property. They don't own, per se, Nas or Ja Rule or Jennifer Lopez. They own their property. Yes, people like Prince, he felt like he was a slave because he felt he got himself into horrible deals and couldn't do the things he wanted to do at that point. So he felt enslaved by the system. But really, they don't have a slavery on your physical person. Much as the thing that makes you who you are. Which is your talent. And and and, and you could argue whether you would be who you are without that talent. So in that argument, in that philosophical argument you could argue whether they actually have a hold on what makes you you as a person since that talent is so unique to what your makeup is so intrinsically tied to your makeup like that thing is you like you don't know you wouldn't know who prince is the paisley park brother without the purple and 
the, the guitar and the you know saying rocking in the freaking rain at the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying you would you he wouldn't be that if he wouldn't be that guy if he wasn't that guy. So I understand how you can feel like you are a slave as an artist because your your music and your craft is enslaved. But but the but you know from a from a just a how just a cold way of looking at it. It's more the your what what defines you as an artist is what it would be enslaved. You know what I'm saying? Because if they could figure out a way to rip that out of you and just let you go about your day, I promise you they would figure out a way to just buy that from people and put it into whom they deemed fit. Um, swear they would. I swear they would. So it's it's, it's a very interesting conversation. Because at the end of the day, you want to own your stuff, man. And Kyrie wanted to own his stuff. Kyrie's tired of being a slave on the plantation. Kyrie's tired of people telling him, well, we can ship you to here. We can ship you there. Kyrie wants to feel like, yo, if I'm going to be putting up with all this stuff in the NBA, at least let me be able to be able to give back. Let me be able to do for my community. Let me be able to build things up. And quite often when you're in those positions... They have very serious locks on what you can do financially with your funds. And uh, that's just very unfortunate because it limits your scope of being able to truly help your community. And um, it's a sad thing, man, because it's like, what's the point then sometimes, you know? What's the point? So you got this dude, Kyrie, who wanted them to start their own league. They didn't. And now he's got people talking to him crazy. Bring it up full speed to the Draymond situation. You got Draymond saying that players should be able to go where they want as opposed to when LeBron goes where he wants, they burn his jersey. Kyrie goes where he wants, they call him weak. And Kate, Kevin Durant goes where he wants. It's quote-unquote to quote Stephen A. Smith who played uh, some D3 ball. So, you know, it's kind of sad when a baller turns on ballers like this. But uh, he called it the softest move that he's ever seen by a superstar athlete. Just just disgusting. You know, you got people like Russell Westbrook calling Katie a cupcake. and It's, it's funny because at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook, he might literally go down in his career as one of the hardest players to ever play with. Like, Kevin Durant is such, like, none of these people are personally my friends. I don't know them from a hole in the wall. I've I've been in rooms around some of them, met people close to a few of them, gotten some direct, you know, information and knowledge here and there. But Kevin Durant is not only a great ball player, but he's a well-spoken, intelligent individual who has a very high business acumen, and he's shown that he's willing to be not only um, on the cutting edge uh, in his game, but also just in his personal life. You know, he's very open and honest about who he is as a person, um, his his mistakes, his downfalls, and... Uh, he doesn't really get caught up in too much of the, 
the hype, hype. Of course, you know, you're an NBA champion. You know, your head is going to be but so humble. But, like, you see, you see, you see he tries. He tries to keep a, a level head. His mom, I think his mom's has a lot to do with that. Shout out to Mama Durant. She ain't raised no fool. She raised a very, 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 very sharp young man in the beautiful Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, so I say all that to say, you know, you got these players that are really much more about their business, about their brands, about ownership, about capitalizing on the time that they have. And you got this dude Westbrook saying that a person like that is a cupcake. And when he, he arguably may turn around and go down as the hardest player to play with and somebody that nobody can get along with, you know? I think that's very interesting. But we're going to take a quick break, gang. We'll be right back. It's your boy, Phantom Fuego. If you haven't done so already, please, please like, share, subscribe to the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Wednesdays and Sundays is when we get it in. We do it like it's nothing to it. You know how we do it. We want to rock with you all night. Dance you into the sunlight. We'll be right back, gang. This is his ghetto point of view. I'm your host, Phantom Fuego. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, guys, we back. So what if I told you the Navy has technology that can literally engineer the fabric of reality? You'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Nah, like the, in, the Navy literally has the technology which can change and alter the perception of your environment, how you engage with it, how you interact with it, and what you think is going on. Stuff could be happening and you could be made completely unaware of it or stuff could actually be fake and look real as hell what what you talking about phantom you sound crazy do i do i sound crazy well according to an article in vice i might not be as crazy as you think um u.s navy has patents on tech it says, we'll engineer the fabric of reality. This is an article from February 3rd, 2021, vice.com. The U.S. Navy's quote-unquote UFO patents sound like they've been ripped from a science fiction novel. The U.S. Navy has patents on weird and little understood technology. According to the patents filed by the Navy, it is working on a compact fusion reactor that could power cities an engine that works using an inertial mass reduction and a hybrid aerospace underwater craft. What? A airspace underwater craft? Is it for airspace or is it for underwater? Oh, is that one in the same? Wait, what you talking about? What you talking about? Dr. Salvatore Caesar Pius is the man behind the patents in the war zone. Has proven the... What? Dr. Pius is the man behind the patents in the war zone. Has proven the man exists, at least on paper. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, that's literally how that's written, guys. <laughs> Pius 
has worked for a number of different departments in the Navy, including the Naval Air Warfare Center, Aircraft Division, uh, NAVAR, and the Strategic Systems Programs, SSP. The SSP mission, according to its website, is to provide Oh, so sorry, gang. The mission is to provide uh, credible and affordable strategic solutions to the warfighter. It's responsible for developing the technology behind the Trident-class nuclear missiles launched from submarines. The patents all build on each other, but their but at their core is something pious called the pious effect. This is the idea that controlled motion of electricity of electrically charged matter via accelerated vibration and or accelerated spin subjected to smooth yet rapid acceleration transients in order to generate extremely high energy, high intensity electromagnetic fields. Essentially, Pius is claiming to use properly spun electromagnetic fields to contain a fusion reaction. That plasma fusion reaction he claims to have invented with will revolutionize power consumption. Experts theorize that a functioning fusion reactor will lead to cheap and ubiquitous energy. One of Pius and the Navy patents described what propulsion system and fusion drive would be used for a hybrid aerospace underwater craft. Hmm. So these dudes is making a, uh, a hybrid airspace underwater craft with a fusion drive propulsion system. According to the patent, the craft could travel on layer, land, sea, and outer space at incredible speeds. Other patents invented by Pius filed by the Navy include a high-temperature superconductor, an electromagnetic field generator, and a high-frequency gravitational wave generator. It all sounds like science fiction, and the Navy has been skeptical too. Sure they have. Navy authorities have called bullshit on Pius's inventions and his patents went through a lengthy internal review at NAVAR. But they still made the products and are still funding it, right? So don't let this don't let that fool you. The war zone obtained emails about the bureaucratic fight between Pius and the and the Navy through a Freedom of Information Act request and revealed that the mad scientist won. So he's still getting funding, and which means there must have been proof that his ideas would work and be beneficial for the military in a major capacity for them to get funding it. According to the patent, some of the technology is operable, which means the shit works already. That means the Navy is claiming Son of Piles' wild tech works has been demonstrated to Navy of Fields, and it must have been demonstrated to effectively work and in work in a way that they feel they'd be successfully able to implement it and keeping him around makes sense. The physics of what Pius is claiming are beyond theoretical and beyond the ken of the layman or lowly science reporter, but a, but a paper about his compaction fusion reactor was accepted, accepted by the peer-reviewed Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers Transactions on Plasma Science and published in its November 19th issue. The fact that my work on the design of a compact fusion reactor was accepted for publication in such a prestigious, prestigious journal as the IEEE TPS should speak volumes as to its importance and credibility. 
and should eliminate or at least alleviate all misconceptions you or any other person may have in regards to the veracity or possibility of my advanced physics concepts. Pius told the war zone in an email, Pius continues to toot his own plasma horn. Do you realize that my work culminates in the enablement of the Pius effect? Original physical concept, he said. Such high energy electromagnetic radiation can locally interact with the vacuum energy state or VES, the VES being the fifth state of matter, fifth essence or quintessence. Hmm. In other words, the fundamental structure, foundational framework from which everything else, space, time included, and our quantum reality emerges. Wow. The engineering of the Pius effect can give rise to the enablement of macroscopic quantum coherence, which if you closely have been following my work, you understand the importance of. If the email Pius sent sounds like jargon filled with ramblings of a mad scientist, you are not alone. The pious email sounds like the jargon-filled ramblings of a mad scientist, but the Pentagon does have a history of successfully fostering cutting-edge technology. Successfully fostering is a bit of an understatement, guys. What they mean to say is these dudes make amazing stuff. Like, if you go on YouTube, if you get a second and look at some of the stuff DARPA has created, who's a part of the defense fund, like, these dudes have computer chips that they can put into people's brains who have disabilities and can reawaken what you thought were crippled parts of people's bodies. What? You heard me. Reawaken crippled parts of people's bodies. More than 100 years ago, the article continues, nuclear weapons were science fiction, GPS, the Tor network, and the internet itself all began as life as Pentagon programs. Perhaps the Navy soon will revolutionize the way we think about energy and transportation. Mm -mm -mm. This is crazy. Don't read on Vice, guys. And again, this article just came out a few days ago. So uh, again, the name of the doctor is Dr. Salvatore Caesar. Pius, P-A-I-S, Dr. Salvatore Caesar Pius, Mm -mm, worked for a number of different departments in the Navy, including the Naval Air Warfare Center Aircraft Division, or NAVAR, and the Strategic Systems Programs. Mm -mm -mm. Crazy, crazy. Really dope. Really dope. But that's the type of stuff we check out here on his ghetto point of view. You know, we gotta gotta keep our ear to what's going on in the technology sector because technology is the future. Technology is the now. Technology is what is. Technology is how we get to what will be, and technology is the bridge from what is to what will become and what has to be in between the two to get us there. So always get to know about what's coming down the pipe when it comes to technology. We're going to take another quick break, gang. We'll be right back. It's your boy, Phantom Fuego. This is his ghetto point of view. Let's get to it. Yo, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Alrighty, alrighty. Yeah. We here, bro. We here. It's your boy. Big yes, Dre. sir. Appreciate it. Taking the time out in the building with Big Dre. What's going on, good brother? Alrighty, alrighty. How's everything? Phantom, how's everything? <laughs> Oh man, oh, you know, you know how we do, brother. One day at a time, one day at a time out here, man. But um, 
how's how's everything going with you, man? Uh, the 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 wave, the energy that's coming up behind the music is is a dope one right now, man. Congratulations yeah. on everything that's been coming. It's definitely well deserved. You know, it's been a, it's been a build up of, of, of a lot of work. You know, every project is like a, a little segment of my life piece of it. You know what I mean? So the more I live, the more the more content I have. So. Right now, I'm 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 doing a, a little bit more living right now. You get what I'm saying? And I'm recording the same thing, like. But um, I just haven't put nothing out really. Um, as of right now, it's just like pandemic vibes, like. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 a little. It's I don't want to say gloomy, but it's like it's just bringing people together like that. That pain, you know what I mean? Everybody, everybody, um, everybody, and um. I don't mean to cut you off, good bro. You coming in and out just a little bit. Is any way you could you could make nah, it? It's like some like sometimes it's like that pain translates. You know what I mean? Like like people put um. Yeah. Hold on. One second. One second. Okay. Uh, you getting me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, um, I'm saying like yeah, yeah, much better. During the pandemic, is, is relatable. People took some people took some losses. Some people got sick. You know what I mean? And it's like um, that 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 lingers. You know that 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 vibe is lingering in the air. And this is my version of it. You know what I'm saying? Like um. That's all, that's all I'm going to do with a guy, you know what I mean? Copy, copy, copy. So, uh, the, the new project you're working on, man, you said you uh finished the music video. Yeah, I, I heard you Brooklyn, correctly earlier, correct? I was out in Brooklyn today. You know what I mean? I took that three to the last stop, you know what I mean, on the east side. He's up there, cooling. Got a video in the store, the pizza shop, the corner store, you know what I mean? Show the neighborhood some love with the black-owned businesses. With um, my good friend Essence, he dropped a, a, a dope, a dope, dope record called Hello Brooklyn, you know what I mean? It was real, it was real, it was real Brooklyn-like, double-O Brooklyn-like, you know what I mean? I had to throw the constructs on for some custom laces and shit, you know what I mean? Like, it was like that. So, um... It's real heavy, like that. That that vibe is real heavy in, in Brooklyn, like that community vibe, bringing the bringing the community together, showing leadership and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's time we took a stand and, like, you know, stand up for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you trying to breathe right now. You get what I'm saying, bro? You hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And how things over on your side? Like, how, how's everything with you? Oh, good, sir. Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, You know, what? just, uh, oh, just out here working, good brother. But, um, so, uh, I'm sorry, I got My song, um, it's named Pandemic, you know what I mean? Based on the pandemic. So, like I said, um, stuff that's relatable, that translates that pain, like, so, Mine was about like you know different accidents I, I was involved in. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's like um sometimes when you when you when you when you get 
to like push to your limit like you know what i mean sometimes you see something on the other side and, and, and it helps you to like recalculate what it is you got to do and then get back on the track like sometimes you do got to take some steps back to push forward like spring forward you know what i'm saying um a lot of the times when um when i do do my music i said real life should do spill over into it um and i just got to make sure that what I put out is 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 appropriate. You get what I'm saying? So um, I have the video there. The video there is now it's on on YouTube. I had took it down and I put it back up for some personal reasons, but we're not gonna really get into that. You feel me? I had to make some edits. You know what I mean? But everything should be copacetic. Everything should be copacetic now. Okay. Um, okay. Definitely makes sense. Okay, okay, but let's um for those for those that don't know, you know, because you know me, I, I I've definitely been able to have a personal uh a bit of a view into the journey for a while, absolutely. But for those that don't know, let's take let's take it back before I ask any some of the future and present questions. Like like let people know what what initially what initially created the love for you and doing music was it something that was always innate or something that you fell into. Over time, you know, something like that you was just born to do, like, um, like, like, how did it all start? I just, I just fell in love with, with, with the, with what music brought me. You get what I'm saying? Like that feel, and um, it's like an escape. And then in that escape, I was trying to figure out how it was done, you know. And then that's what led me to the booth, especially other people seeing my dedication and and and, and the wordplay. Like, um, something I never told people was growing up. Like when holidays used to come around, my family used to actually pay me to write down. Like I'll write on a piece of paper, uh, a little, I guess you could call it like a sonnet, like a little, a little poem. You know what I mean? For whoever they, they'll, they'll say, oh, um, can you write, um, 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 it's such and such birthday or or this and that person's anniversary or it's Christmas or you know, and then I'll write something and then they'll write it over in their own handwriting and they'll pay me for that. So you know what I mean? I've been on some um like. It been poetic. I know one of my last um interviews I said on Dr. Seuss, but I switched it up too. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta you gotta know that even since back then I was real versatile with with, with wordplay. Um, another good example is um I remember in second grade when I was there for the second time. Ironically, there was a class project and um we had to choose to um. Basically, do a poem on a calm, a calm day, or or like a like a like a natural disaster. And I remember uh, I I did two separate poems. You know, what I mean, I did one on a hurricane, like a like a tornado kind of effect, and then one about like a calm day. And I got like a hundred on both. You get what I'm saying? Like that's that's how I used to cap myself on on, on poems, like on, on just, just <laughs> play, bro. You know what I'm saying? So so then it's like. How do you how do you take your love of like literature and music and and and, and, and vibes and rhythm and, and then put that all in one and you get music, bro? So that's why um that's why it's like um like I said, the more I live, the more the more music I can produce because it's, it's coming from a, a a real source. You know what I mean? So um once it's coming from a pure source, that energy, you know what I mean? You gonna feel it. And uh, I realized that um, like it's real important 
what what you put out because I, I've realized that since since I've put that last song out, the pandemic song, where I'm like I'm really like in my bag again, that that I don't want to say it left a stain or it left a but it left a mark where it's like until I do something else that's drill, it seems like the vibe is stuck there. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's like um it's like you only know mm-hmm. it for your last project or your last piece of work. So it's like yeah, you good as you good as you good as your last your last hit. Of course, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm in a pocket where I I can say you know what, I can keep going melodic with it. I could keep going this way, or I could bring it right back to to where it was at. But that's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? Because it's always growth. It's always growth. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's very dope. So. So what I hear a lot, if, if you, you could correct me if I'm mistaken, what I hear a lot in, in your initial answer is that, right. you know, the words have always been something that have been meaningful to you. you you've always right, understood right. the power of and the influence that you can have with your wordplay, right. and it's something that you definitely try to like sharpen, and and you know, you, you you understand the 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 beauty and the curse that comes with that, but you you seem to be one that wants to rock with that, which is a beautiful thing, and also. What I'm what I'm hearing is right. that you 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 speak from a place of authenticity. So sometimes the music may take a little longer because you you're actually living a life that you then turn around and express in your pad or, or, or off the top. To am I, am I getting accurate? I still have to set an example for like my nieces, my nephews, and my daughter. You know what I mean? Because, um, it's like you want to keep it as funky as possible, but mm. you don't want to spill over into like being a bad role model. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you leave the cause where 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 you may. You get what I'm saying? So it's like you can't force somebody's hand, but I could still, I could still, I could still responsibly know how I'm gonna lay this down. You get what I'm saying? Like how I'm gonna play. Like, look, like I just, mm. yeah, I've been walking. Mm. That's dope, man. That's dope. Right that there, that definitely. Oh no, man, got it. And speaking of that, a lot mm. of um, a lot of my. A lot of my friends nah. and fam, like, you know what I mean? Um, it's home now, if you know what I mean. So so that energy is like people have been catching up with, with years of work that I've, I've put out and, and that. That's heavy, too. Like, I can feel that. You know what I mean? So it's not that, it's not that the mm. pressure's there, but it's like I don't want to let niggas down. Like, I'm so like, yo, I've been holding it down for so long that um, it's almost like, like muscle memory almost. You get what I'm saying? It's like, damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro. When you, when you, like, like Kobe, like Kobe, when no, he didn't make it, of course, of course, absolutely. It becomes fluid. Like, it's, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, no, of course. Right. Absolutely. Once you put up enough reps after a while, Absolutely. you know, when you get in the moment, it's just gonna take mm-hmm. over. You know, your your thoughts is gonna get out the way. And you're gonna you know just get into your you know rhythm, you're gonna get into your stride. Good chemistry for that to work too, because I have a, a dope producer mm-hmm. that I went to school with. His name is on he go by Bibelari and um you hear the tag on a lot of my music coming up because 
even during the process of like beat making, we've done that so much that he can sit in his house and know like, you know what? This is a like on YouTube it'll say this person type beat. Like he'll send it to me like, yo, bro, I think this will work for you or 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 an artist that we've worked together with, that we've meshed with, like we've been in the studio and we we made songs together and whatnot. He'll even have that in mind because he knows and, and we all share that. Like, you know what? We created something together so we have something in mind to to say, like, you know what, this person and that person they sound good on that. So we've been producing a lot of music as well together. And um that also takes the music to another level, I realize. Um, because as far as being creative, depending on who it is that um I'm working with, that energy gets picked up and it's like, Okay, we could switch over to this genre, like now I can stretch my legs over here and see what I could do with this type of style. You get what I'm saying? Like a challenge, like, okay, bet. Let's let's switch up the let's switch up the vibe real quick and but still bring Big Dre, that Big Dre element, that Bronx, that grittiness to it, you know what I mean? So um I just been I just been I just been working, bro. I just been working. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> how do you feel that um how how was your, your school experience as far as like with the musical education? How do you feel that has impacted your music at all? Do you think it was a positive, it, negative? It, Do you it, think it was just uh, an in between? It was a learning Please let process us within itself. Like, like it taught me that attention to detail is very important, but don't get blinded by like trying to perfect something that that is unique. You get what I'm saying? It's like okay, this is art, so you can perfect it as much as you want, but to the next person, it's either good or bad. And they're gonna and they're gonna find the beauty in it, especially if they see it in the same light as you. You get what I mean? So um, I've been I've 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 learned that um, sometimes you gotta know when to say I bet this is that's it like that's it, bro. Like okay, that's the song is done. It's a hit. That's it. Let's let's just go on to the next one and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like that's what I've been um I've been. No, that's real, man. That's, that's real. Um, what Absolutely. else? Absolutely. Please continue though. Well, my, my mine was like it was like a time based program, so you just had to be there. Like you had to get there, or you had to make that time up. So it didn't even matter if yeah, SAE Institute, right there. You were at uh, SAE, right? 18th Street. Yeah. Yeah, they got they got campuses all over the country, well, right? Yeah, I think they yeah, got some campuses yeah, outside yeah. the country too. I think they have a campus in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout to They told me how not to go crazy with the music, but still go crazy. <laughs> wow. No, oh, man, that's excellent. That's excellent. So, do you feel like um? That's what you got to. That's what they help me understand. You're in control of it, you know? No, man, that's def- that's mm. real. That's real. Um that's that's dope, man. Do you so uh in, in having that experience now that allowed you to of course so now you could kind of come and look at the mm-hmm. look at a session and, and talk to producers okay. from a different perspective now. That's right. definitely gotta be um, now I'm I'm dwelling within their realms like it's like okay they see it from this perspective 
and I understand it from that perspective as well too. And then I also went to school, so now I learned the language where it's like, okay, now now we can really talk specifically about what it is we want to um communicate to each other. Where it's like, okay, um the reverb might have too much sustain or too much decay or or something like that. And and before I would have said. I would have still described it in a way, but it wouldn't have been like the vocab would have been different. You know what I'm saying? But then again, if you can, if you can, if you can explain something to a child, then that means you actually know what you're talking about. So it's like, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> no, no, man, it's, it's it's very true. It's very true. It sounds like it was definitely a. An enriching experience for you, but you didn't forget. You you've kept it in balance with with being able to right. just relate art and understanding that good art will good art still got to be the foundation mm-hmm. of everything. You could shine a turd, as they say, right? <laughs> but it's, still, it's just a it's shiny turd. But if you got good art, <laughs> man, good art people can have a. A, a, a great song in the mix right. could be kind of mm-hmm. just like the song is dope. It'll eventually get where it need to go. It'll get in the right people's hands eventually. They'll get it. It'll it'll get re revamped though enough times that it'll get where it need to be. Yeah. Like, R.I.P. To, to the homie Pop Smoke. Pop Smoke you know what I'm yeah. saying? They the first time they recorded. You know what I'm saying that Welcome to the Party. It wasn't. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't in the best of studios, but you know. The funny thing is, I I I, I, can, I did I did one of those remixes too. I did one of those times. Welcome to the party. I, I mm. did uptown party. It's an uptown nice. party. All my niggas wavy. Let's get gnarly. Yeah, I remember that shit. That's when we used to just make remixes. I call them remixes. We used to remix um different industries. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I used to get requests all the time. I not, and then, but the funny thing is, like, let's say, um, I remember one of my bros from high school with two of them. He was like, "Yo, get on the the Drake, um, Dreams when it's die instrumental." And I remember I was I was getting on the floor bus from 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 Elder Ave to um Simpson Street. You know what I mean, and on that ride, I was on my way to the studio. Like that motivated me to get to the studio. So. I wrote the 16 within that ride, you know what I mean? And then I got on the, when I got on the train, I was playing it back with the beat. And back in those days, it's like a nigga ain't have, like I had two phones, but they wasn't on. So it's like one phone would just play the, play the song with the Wi-Fi and then the other song, the other one would play the note. Like I have the notes going like, you know what I mean? And then I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing it and I'm writing my shit. And then by the time I get to the studio, I go in there and I record it. And then I send it back out to them, like you know what they they they, they would like this, like you know what I mean. Let me let me see if they like it, and they'll, they'll fuck with it. And that's how it started. You know what I mean? Mm, like mm. like I, like I I like when people tell me like, yo, get on this beat or get on that beat, because in my mind I'm like, you know what, they like this song. It's the reason they told me to get on it. So now I'm a all right. Let me see what I can do to it. You know what I mean? I used to do that a lot. A lot of that, a lot of that. No, it sounds like people like to get your take or your perspective or hey, hey, your 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 juice or your version of particular right, right, right. of a particular wave. No, that's that's excellent, man. Yeah. It just 
Absolutely. Goes back to that thing with the with the lyrical prowess. And mm-hmm. like you said, since she was the young and people been, it seems like that's a that's an energy that's gonna follow me your whole life, man. That's a beautiful thing. That's excellent, man. So let's so let's bring it up to, to, to modern times. So mm-hmm. what 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 is what what in in understanding everything going on with the current climate and how they shutting down all the shows out here in NYC mm-hmm. and everybody having to revamp and recalibrate. What's 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 been your strategy to kind of revamp and like be able to still uh get your stuff to the to the fans in a way that makes sense in today's crazy climate? Like um just take it all home, like meaning mm. just find a space that you can dwell in and work in and, and, and get a good vibe going and make your content yourself. However, like however you have to do it, whether you gotta um record the shit yourself, whether it's a video or audio, you know what I mean, and just, just put the work in. It just it's just another challenge to overcome, you know what I mean? The circumstances might have changed on the outside, but it's the same. It's the same fight. You still gotta head towards your dream. You know what I mean? If you if you're not if you're not fighting towards your dream, you're not really living. And if you're not living, then you know, mm. what are you doing? You get what I'm saying? So I just see it as a, a another another angle of the same struggle that we that we fighting. But I feel like we we more equipped now. Mm. We more equipped now because of everything we already been through. It's like you know what. We were prepared for these circumstances, but but let's not let it overwhelm us. But let's keep it pushing, man. keep it going. Keep that, keep that, keep that hope alive. You know what I mean? With the music, or with, or with whatever it is you're doing, that energy. You know what I mean? Just keep that positive energy going, and you'll see the light in the, in, in the darkness. You know what I mean? Cause it's never really that. It's never really too dark. Or, I don't know if you catch my No, that's very real. Very real. That's very real. Um, so so what's the uh what's what's the name of the next project you got coming out? Or is it was it untitled as of right now? So um you know me, I'm always working on more than one thing. So I'm gonna just throw three names out there, right? So I have mm. I have a UMG project that I'm 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 thinking about naming and God we trust. Which is a bunch of different, mm. you know what I mean. Um, then I have the the I'm thinking about doing a volume two to Married to the Mob, and also the the Lucifer um Draco season, Lucifer flow um tape that I'm doing where it's just all originals with me and producer Bibelari, and based on my experience, maybe like two days ago and today, um being in Brooklyn like um. That, that vibe is so heavy that I want to record. Like, if I have to re-record the the entire um project just from scratch, just to get the production going, like you said, like, just to show that growth, like, with better equipment, better sound, with more hands-on and more intricate with the beat and everything and breaking it down to the finer details, you know what I mean? Not, 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 not killing ourselves with it, but just getting it right. And um, I think that I could do that out there, like, that. That vibe is, I, I picked up on that and that shit is dope. That's all I can say. That shit is dope. Um, so, Draco season, yeah, it's just, just think of like dark nights and bright days, you know what I mean? Like, that's how we coming on that. 
Like, it's gonna get real dark. It's gonna get real dark on 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 that one. But it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna have a good feel. That's excellent, man. Have a good feel though. Like um, one of the singles is called Phantom, right? And when I saved it by accident, like you know how you you try to master the track or this and that. It was just references, but one time we had saved it and it said Phantom Eight Master, and I just thought of Kobe. And I was like, yo, this should be the single. And um, while we were recording, mm. while we were recording, I was my, my my producer was like, "Yo, bro, you should just say a part with X Y Z because while we're recording, we we're also thinking about how the video is gonna come out. We're like, you know what? Mm. We're gonna make a movie out of the whole project. So I was even talking like instead of a skit, I was talking throughout throughout the song. You know what I mean? Like like where the bridge will come in, I was just talking. And it was on. It reminded me of 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 my intro in D Day when, um, my my producer, well, well, the producer at the time, the engineer, shout out Purple Chrome, you know what I mean? Um, shout out Purple Chrome. I call that the sensei. So we were we were recording, and I remember he was telling me. He asked me. He said, "Um, what do you mean when you said on um, reaping in the option red bottoms like the devil?" And I was just describing how. Um, well, they say like how the devil destroys and then that's what I do to these beats. And he, he, he recorded me while I was saying that. And then we threw that in the song. So, um, that, that same method is going, is, is on that, is on that project too. It's like, you always got to take pieces of what, what has worked for you and then throw it in your new stuff, you know? Yeah. Hello. You hear me? Hey, my brother, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. man. So we continuing on with Big Dre. Thank you so much, good bro, once again for your time. So, um, uh, right before the break, uh, you were talking about how, um, you. You've been creating uh, using, you know, since using the Let the Devil In, which was a dope, dope piece of work that like a lot, a lot of people start to see the seriousness and the growth mm -hmm. visually, sonically mm -hmm. uh, with the balls. And you've been using, you know, pieces of that plus pieces of your other notable tracks to create like this sonics yourself with mm -hmm. your with your audience that's starting to build. But I know you're also doing that with the collective of artists that you work with under the UMG brand. Yeah. So you're not only, you know, artist, you're not only a client, you're the president, if you will, so to speak, like to take a just for men uh, <laughs> tagline a little bit. So could you speak to that a little bit of how you kind of balance both roles and, and how you try to like, you know, also give the artists that's around you support and room to breathe and grow and create for themselves as well. So basically I realized that, um, as a collective, you know, um, when you, when you, when you, when you come across certain paths with people and, and you're on the same journey, you might, you might, you might, you might catch them where it's like, they might've just started or they've been doing it just as long as you, but either way, um, we're heading in the same direction. So along the way we can help and build each other up because it's for the same cause. You get what I'm saying? Um, so, so like I said before, Sometimes there is a challenge in where it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this type of song or that type of song, and it's not necessarily because um I have to, it's because I want to, because it's like you want to make music with this person because 
yo, that's a good vibe right there. Like, you know what? This would be a good song. You know what I mean? Like, it'll, it'll, it'll be put to good use. And um, not to say that's not the case with every. <laughs> yeah, we back. We back. So shout out to Big Dre for coming through and uh, giving us a check in with everything that's going on with him and uh, UMG. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of a connection issue on his end, so we'll get we'll get uh, him back in here ASAP for another check in ASAP. Uh, but shout out to him. Shout out to UMGs. Uh, all three of those projects that he's working on, uh, his solo joint, the ones with the team, it's gonna be crazy, crazy, crazy. That brother definitely. Uh, got his head on the swivel. He locked in. He ready for 2021 and beyond. And he got some amazing stuff in the chamber. Ready to lock. Ready to explode out. Crazy days. Crazy days. Crazy days. Where do we go from here? <clears throat> Speaking of people that's been going, getting to work, getting to it. 21 Savage has been literally having beast mode pen game. 21 Savage has literally been having beast mode pen game. Beast mode pen game. Beast mode pen game. What do I mean when I say that? According to musicbusiness.com, 21 Savage was the biggest songwriter in the U.S. in quarter four for 2021 with 21 different certifications. It's an article from February 1st. Uh, the National Music's Publishers Association, or the NMPA Golden Platinum Program, has announced the top songwriters for quarter four 2020, including the top songwriter for quarter four period. During October, November, and December of 2020, 1,670 gold, platinum, and multi-platinum certifications were awarded, and 21 Savage was the top songwriter overall with 21 certifications. Now, I don't mean to sound silly. But anybody who knows about 21 Savage knows one of his, uh, like, ad-libs is 21, 21. And so for, for 21 Savage to get 21 certifications going, ending 2020, going into 21, 21, is 21, 21, 21. <laughs> He's published by BMG. I mean, you can't, you can't make this type of stuff up. 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, 21. Uh, the article continues in partnership with the RIAA, the Recording Institute Association of America, the people who count the numbers. Golden Platinum Program, the NMPA, finds and certifies the songwriters and publishers of RIAA certified singles. RIAA counts both sales and on-demand streams toward its gold 500,000 platinum 1 million and multi-platinum 2 million plus thresholds. Thousands of songwriters have been recognized since MP and MPA's program began in 2007. 21 Savage was followed by Trippy Red, published by UMPG with 19 certifications. So shout to Trippy Red. Kanye West, who was published by Sony ATV, was the top songwriter of quarter three with 39 certifications. J. Cole, published by Universal Music Publishing Group, was the top overall songwriter in quarter two with 21 certifications. And Little Baby, who was also published by UMPG, was the top songwriter in quarter one with 22 certifications. And uh, 
yeah, NMPA president and CEO David Israelite, I'm not even going to get into that, <laughs> said 2020 was a huge year for music as more and more people turned to it for entertainment and comfort as the pandemic continued on. I commend the songwriters certified in quarter four for their creativity and perseverance through this unprecedented time, particularly 21 Savage, who proved his dominance with solo and collaborations that went five and six times multi-platinum. Uh, 21 Savage uh, said, uh, being the biggest songwriter of 2020 of quarter four is a huge honor and writing is my passion and seeing that success reflected is a good way to start 21 2021 21 21 21 21 yeah <laughs> i'm sorry like 21 savage he's such a dope dude he he he's very he's very cool about stuff like this uh you know good look man shout to him shout to music business worldwide for the dope article aka mbw great article very good to know. Also, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of hemp, hemp fibers, and how hemp is absolutely the strongest material on the planet. And it's not only good for what ails you, because you know, those who know me know I use it for all of my ailments, for my several injuries and procedures. But uh, it is one of the best things to make paper clothes. Uh, blocks that are stronger than cement uh fibers that are stronger than ropes to tie things and suspend things and i mean this stuff is just good uh but uh hemp fibers better than graphene according to bbc.com hemp fibers better than graphene uh the waste fibers from hemp crops can be transformed into high-performance energy storage devices, scientists say. They cooked cannabis bark into carbon nanosheets and built supercapacitors on par or better than graphene, the industry gold standard. Electric cars and power tools could harness this hemp technology, U.S. research, US researchers say. They presented their work at the American Chemical Society meeting in San Francisco. People ask me, why hemp? I say, why not? Dr. David Midlin of Clarkson University, New York, who described his device in the journey of ACS Nano. We're making graphene-like materials for a thousandth of the price. And we're doing it with waste. The hemp we use is perfectly legal to grow. It has no THC in it at all, so there's no overlap with any recreational activities. Secret sauce. In countries including China, Canada, and UK, hemp can be grown industrially for clothing and building materials. And of course, now in the US with the uh, Farming Act that Trump passed. But the leftover bast fiber, the inner bark, typically ends up typically ends up in a landfill. Dr. Mitlin's team took the fibers and recycled them into supercapacitors. Energy storage devices, which are transforming the way electronics are powered. Conventional batteries store large reservoirs of energy and drip feed it slowly, whereas supercapacitors can rapidly just charge their entire load. They are an they are ideal in, mach in machines that rely on sharp bursts of power 
and electric cars, for example, supercapacitors are used for regenerative braking. Releasing this torrent requires electrodes with high surface area, one of graphene's many phenomenal properties. Stronger than diamond, more conductive than copper, and more flexible than rubber, the miracle material was the target of a roughly $75 investment by UK Chancellor Greg Osborne. I'm sorry, $75 million investment. While this carbon monolayer is the state-of-the-art material for commercial supercapacitors, it is prohibitively expensive to produce. Finding cheap, sustainable alternatives is the specialty of Dr. Mitlin's former research group at the University of Alberta. They have experimented with all flavors of bio-waste from, from peat moss to eggs. Most recently, they turned banana peels into batteries. You can do really interesting things with bio-waste. We've pretty much figured out the secret sauce of it, said Dr. Mitlin. The trick is to tailor the right plant fiber to the right electrical device according to their organic structure. With banana peels, you can turn them into a dense block of carbon. We call it pseudo-graphite, and that's great for sodium ion batteries, he explained. But if you look at hemp fiber, its structure is the opposite. It makes sheets with high surface area and is very conducive to supercapacitors. The first step, he explained, is to cook it almost like a pressure cooker. It's called hypothermal hydrothermal synthesis. Once you dissolve the, the lignin in the semicellulose, it leaves these carbon nanosheets a pseudo-graphene structure by fabricating these sheets into electrodes and adding ionic liquid as the electrolyte. His team made supercapacitors which operate at a broad range of temperatures and a high energy density. Okay, so the long and short of it is that he's able to make super high-powered batteries which could be very useful for electric cars. And that now that we're going into this electric car future, it kind of makes sense that they've now started to allow hemp for industrial growth because if they're going if their plan is to use the hemp to create a kind of super capacitor for the batteries or it, it would be a very inexpensive way to do it and then they could kind of bring back a lot of that production to america instead of having to do all of that stuff overseas which is what's kind of killing american growth but I digress. I think this is dope. I'm a big fan of hemp. And you know, I feel hemp can do anything. And you can use it for batteries, super superconductor batteries, which you need for electric cars to, to do the brakes and stuff properly. Let's go do that. I'm going to smoke just, just because of that. That's great. It's great to know that. It's great to know weed is making a difference day by day in people's lives. <laughs> Yo, it's your boy, Phantom Fuego. Once again, thanks to UMG Zone, Big Dre, for coming through, swinging by, answering some questions. It's definitely good to hear from him and know that everything is going dope, and we definitely going to have him on again. Uh, shout to everybody that listens to the pod. Please continue to donate. PayPal.me forward slash Phantom Fuego. Also, Venmo, Phantom-Fuego-42. Catch us on Instagram at His Ghetto Point of View. His Ghetto POV Show, HG POV Show. As always, any questions, comments, critiques, criticisms. If you have some products or some music that you would like to put in front of our audience, if you have a new game you're developing, 
new clothing line, new film, new TV show pilot, etc. New book that you just dropped. Whatever it is, you think that I'll have diverse, energetic, amazing, tech-savvy, uh, art-loving audience would be interested, financially astute, health-conscious, relationship goals-conscious. Uh, I mean, we got, we got a very diverse audience here if you think that your products would be dope for our audience his ghetto point of view at gmail.com his ghetto point of view at gmail.com or feel free to dm me on any of our social media platforms and i will definitely get back to you one of the team members also check me out writing for indie source magazine that is indie source magazine they actually just put out the first physicals of the february issue which was dope and now they are working on the March edition, which will also have a physical copy to it as well. So, you know, I'm feeling humbled and honored. This is the first time that I've been a part of a magazine that got a physical distribution uh, element to it as well. So I'm really excited about it. And, you know, just stepping in, man, stepping into this greatness and stepping into, you know, things that I'm passionate about and just moving forward, man. It's a good time. It's a good time to be had. It's your boy Phantom Fuego bringing you the news, views, previews, and reviews with just a twist of his ghetto point of view. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. Sundays and Wednesdays is when we get to it. You know how we do it. It ain't nothing to it. Doing it like no one else. Doing it like we doing it for the web. Hood celebs. His ghetto point of view. Please, please hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Shout the Anchor. Spotify. Apple, Google, whichever platform you're listening on, make sure you turn on your notifications, hit your check, hit your favorite, hit the heart, hit the like, hit subscribe, hit the bell, make sure you hit it to send it to all so you get all notifications. Every time we drop a new episode, you'll be the first to know and you can share it out to your community and anybody you know that'll benefit from a show, whether you talk about relationships, talk about music, interviewing the hottest up and coming people on all sides of the game. Interviewing people from finance, interviewing people from health, interviewing people from the crypto scene. Tell them about his ghetto point of view. Don't keep it to yourself. Put your peoples on. You were trying to help your people get to the back. You're trying to help your people be inspired. You're trying to help your people join the tribe, join the fam, get their energy up, get them feeling good, get them the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding of how we're going to roll through and survive and thrive 2021 and beyond. Put them on in his ghetto point of view, man. Put them on in his ghetto point of view. We out here. This is your boy, Phantom Fuego. Thank you guys so much, as always, for rocking with me each and every week. It's always a dope experience. Check in with me. Peace. See you Wednesday. Much love.